I realized I was working a job, which means just over broke. Now, when I started buying properties, I had more money, even though I was making $75,000 a year, I realized I'm losing money because I realized my boss is only paying me enough to keep me working without quitting, but not so much money that takes money out of their pocket. So they get paid like you, everybody listening. If you get paid for the value that you bring, like if you create a passive income business, you're going to make so much more money than your boss can pay you. Pull up a seat to the table. You are listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, where we elevate successful entrepreneurs into powerful leaders doing work that really matters. After working with countless entrepreneurs, I've noticed a theme. No matter the level of success achieved, they get to this place where they're asking, now what? If you're listening to this, you get it. You're craving more impact. You want to do work that means something, and you want to be known for it, too. Somewhere along the way, it wasn't just about growing a business anymore. It became time to build your legacy. Plus, building the dream at the expense of everything else that matters, family, freedom, joy, is no dream at all. The Luminary Leadership Podcast is where industry leaders come to break through to their next level of achievement, purpose, and impact. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and I'm here to raise up this generation of leaders, us, so we can do our part in raising up the next generation of little luminaries. Get ready as we break down all things entrepreneurial leadership in a way that isn't being talked about. We both know you don't just need another strategy. It's time for your breakthrough. I believe that wisdom in business comes from diversification, from discerning what ways are the best ways to bring in additional income streams into your business so that you're not fully reliant on all your eggs being in one basket. And that's why I'm having Dustin Heiner on the show. He is the founder of Master Passive Income and Successfully Unemployed. And he's found his path primarily in the real estate world. So if you are interested in investing in real estate and adding that to your portfolio, this would be a great episode for you. But even if you're not, we go into a lot of the things that come with diversification, that come with building in passive income streams and the freedom that comes with that. So today's episode is a great perspective from a father of four, which I love weaving that in because we have some conversations around why this is so critical when it comes to building generational wealth, when we have legacy that we get to pass along to our children and the power of that. Okay, let's get to the show. Hey, Dustin, I'm so happy to have you on the show because this is a topic that I'm personally pretty passionate about. And because ultimately, to me, at least from my vantage point, passive income uh, leads to possibilities and, and more freedom possibilities, which many of the people listening in, that's something that they're seeking, more freedom, more ability to be present with their families, to build generational wealth and have that opportunity. So before we jump into that topic, tell us more about you, how you got started and what's led you here. Yeah, Elizabeth, I really appreciate you having me on the show. Um, I was surprised you used the word generational wealth. Not many people use that word or those two words combined. Um, I love having generational wealth. So if you can, if anybody can see the video, my kids, I have four kids. I'm literally going to be giving all my businesses, all my real estate, everything I own. I'm going to be literally giving it to them. Everything I do now is I'm building passive income businesses as well as investments and real estate and stuff like that so that I can literally give it to them. I have four kids, but yeah, I, so let me share with you uh, really what catapulted me from ha- basically having a nine, nine to five regular desk job to becoming a passive income investor as well as business owner. So I've, I'll, I'll quickly go to the end and then jump back to the beginning. So when I was 37 years old, I quit my job 
because I had enough real estate or enough rental properties that made me money. Each one made me $250 or more in passive income. That's after all the expenses, I made sure that I made more money so I could feed my family. So I quit my job when I'm 37 years old. Literally, I've never had a job since and I never will. Uh, but yeah, let me go back to quickly, back to the beginning. So I had always, have always been entrepreneurial in my life. Always been, had the, like the idea of having businesses and possibly not working for somebody else. And so even though I had that idea, I was always taught, just like we are all always taught to go to school, get good grades. And then you go to college, you get good grades, and then you get thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. And then you take that piece of paper, it's a degree, and you take it to a potential employer and hopefully get a job. So I was doing that as well. And so I was working, I started working for a local county government in California, doing IT work, you know, regular nine to five, sit down, desk job. And was really blessed. And I still was, I think I bought one or two rental properties at the time, had a few businesses going on at the same time. But at this, uh, also with that, life got in the way. Like I knew I wanted to go that route, but I'm working a nine to five job. I'm getting paid just fine. And life gets in the way. Started having one, two, three, and then our fourth child. But I'll tell you this quick story that really catapulted me. Like the, the thing that really just made me realize, oh no, I really need to do something about this. So my wife just had our fourth child. And I was working for the local county government doing IT work. And I went on paternity leave. That's where the dad stays home with the mom, changes poopy diapers and bonds with the baby and all that good stuff. And so I'm home for about a week or two, two weeks, and I get back to work. And that week that I get back to work, I get a call from my boss's 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 secretary, like the top dog. His secretary calls me, says, Dustin, would you please come to the office? And I said, sure. And then I hung up the phone. And I've seen plenty of movies. So I'm like, what is, what's the, why are they calling me at 4.30 or 3.30 on, on a Friday? But as I'm sitting there, I'm remembering that potentially, um, like two months prior, there, there's some rumors or some talks that there could potentially be layoffs. Like they were running low on funds for, in the county. I immediately shook that off. I said, no way. No way. I have so much in your idea. I've been working there 12, 13 years now. Bosses think I do a great job. They are always giving me raises. Everything's going well. So I immediately shook that off got up and I started walking to my boss's office. Now I started walking down this, this hallway to his office and this hallway isn't very long. In fact, it's kind of short, but every single step I took, it felt like the hallway got longer and longer and longer. It felt like my feet became lead bricks. And every step that I take, I started thinking about my family. So I think about my life and, oh no, this could be potentially a time I get laid off. Well, I get down that short hallway and I turn the corner and I see my boss's door. His door is closed. And I see a secretary and she's looking at me and sheepishly, she kind of grins at me and, and says, Dustin, would you please have a seat? And she, all the while, she's consoling me with her eyes because she knows everything about what's going on. I know nothing about what's going on. So I take a seat in that chair and I start thinking about everything that could possibly happen. If I don't have a job, how am I going to feed my family? I might have, I had a, one or two properties, but that wasn't going to be able to feed my family or pay for mortgage and everything like that. Well, as I sit there, I started thinking about all this time spent eventually to work a career where I thought I was going to retire there. And then if that is all taken away from me, was my entire life a waste? And I started thinking of my family. If I can't feed my family, does that make me a failure as a father? Does that make me a failure as a husband trying to provide for his family? Well, the door to my boss's office opens up and out walks a lady, a coworker of mine with a piece of paper in her hands. She is noticeably distraught, noticeably upset. She's not necessarily crying, but you could tell her world has just been devastated. She passes by me and my boss says, Dustin, would you please come to the office? I go into his office 
and I get laid off. Now, remember, this is the government. Nobody gets fired or laid up in the government, but I did. So if it happened to me. It can happen just about everybody. So I take that layoff notice and I go back to my desk and I sit down and I re- realize two things sitting there, Elizabeth. The first thing I realize is, number one, I, get, I need to get another job. I need to be able to provide for my family. So I was really, really blessed, praise the Lord, to be able to find another job in the same county, a different department, sheriff's department, great department. And so I was able to be able to feed my family. Then sitting in that chair, I realized the second thing. I always knew that I wanted to be an investor. I wanted to have passive income, but life got in the way. And I realized no longer am I ever going to let life get in the way. And so from that point forward, I realized my value doesn't come from my job. And so anybody would ask me the question, Dustin, what do you do? I would reply, basically my value. I'd say, well, I, I work for the county government. That's what I do. Instead, right there, sitting in that chair, I realized my value doesn't come from my job. It comes from my God, from myself and my family. So right then I realized I need to now tell, and I started telling everybody, I am an investor. Whenever I got that question, I'm an investor. It might so happen that almost 100% of my money comes from my job. That's now my part-time job. I am a full-time investor. So I'll fast forward the story, started working at the new department, started buying property after property after property, each making me a minimum. Remember, this is the minimum of $250 a month in passive income from every single property. After 30 press properties, I realized, oh my goodness, this is like maybe took five or six years. I worked hard because I really wanted to get out of this. After five or six years, I had enough properties. So even though I was making $75,000 a year at this job, I realized I was working a J-O-B, which means just over broke. Now, when I started buying properties, I had more money. Even though I was making $75,000 a year, I realized I'm losing money because I realized my boss is only paying me enough to keep me working without quitting, but not so much money that takes money out of their pocket. So they get paid, like you, everybody listening, if you get paid for the value that you bring, like if you create a passive income business, you're going to make so much more money than your boss can pay you. So I'll fast forward the story by sharing. Even though I was making $75,000 a year, I realized I was losing money. So I went to my new boss, good boss and everything. After a couple of years of working with him, I brought a layoff notice to him. I said, boss, I'm laying you off, you know, jokingly, but like, here's my two weeks notice. And he says, Dustin, what are you going to do? I said, well, I don't have to do anything. I literally own real estate and it makes me passive income and I don't need to work at all. So I'll round out the story by sharing. If you remember that short hallway that I had to walk to get laid off, well, this last walk away from my last job, I worked in the downtown area, parked a mile and a half away because I didn't want to pay for parking. I walked home, or sorry, walked to my car to drive home. I felt like I was walking on clouds because I knew I would never need a job again because all the passive income that I have in my real estate has now changed my life so I don't have to work. Now, fast forward to now, I have like four or five passive income businesses that I just love passive income so much that I just said, hey, all this not new time that I have, I don't have 40 plus hours going to somebody else, a job. I now can create businesses and create passive income streams. So I'll pause that story because you probably got plenty of questions. It's just, I love, I want to highlight so many of the things you said. One being uh, what you kicked off with of this vision of how you're going to be, everything that you're building now is something that you're giving to your children. And I think sometimes we get so in the mode, especially as entrepreneurs, of building and creating and developing that we're not thinking of that legacy piece. We're really just so in the weeds understandably so, of just trying to keep this engine going. So it's just a perspective I want people to 
absorb as we go through the rest of this conversation of are you thinking 10 steps, 20 steps ahead of the gift that you're giving your children, not just what you're building for today. I think sometimes we get a little too caught up in, oh, you know, mom, dad, whatever, we're hustling so that we can have that house. So we can have this and we get stuck in the tangibles of the things that don't matter. But what are the gifts that we're really giving our children that transcend those tangibles that our kids probably don't really care about? I mean, I'm looking at this picture behind you of your kids clearly having an awesome experience looks like at the Grand Canyon, Mm -hmm. they would probably trade in any fancy cars or fancy houses for more moments like that with with their parents. So just an overall thing I want to bring into the conversation. But I would love to um, talk a little bit more about passive income streams as a whole, because I think what you described in the J-O-B, people can often create in their own business that they think they're building for freedom, but ultimately they aren't getting paid great there either if you were to break down their hourly rate, right? Like maybe they're making good money on paper, but from a profitability standpoint or a quality of life standpoint, they're getting robbed. So can you talk to that person, the person who has maybe built this really cool engine, but they haven't explored passive income streams and, and the power that that could bring into that business and free them up to be more present and to have a better quality of life? Yeah, totally. I figured that out when I started my own business. So remember, I've always been entrepreneurial. When I was young, I had a newspaper route, you know, where you ride a bike and you put the newspapers in your bags and you throw them at 5 a.m. and bang them on garage doors and wake people up. So I had that. So if I didn't throw a paper, I wouldn't get paid. And then I had a graphic website design company. I was making a little bit of money there. And if I didn't create that next website or design, whatever, I didn't get paid. Then I also had a skateboard manufacturing business. And if I didn't make the next skateboard and sell it, I didn't get paid. Then this is what really put me over the hurdle. Um, I had a convenience store and pizzeria. So I started that from scratch. And I, even though I had employees, I realized that I had a bunch of little customers. And so let's give you an example. All these customers become little jobs or little bosses. So let's say you have a great business. That's a carpet cleaning business. And every single job that you go to, it's another customer. But what you need to realize, or at least change maybe your perspective instead of a customer, realizing that they're just a small little boss, another boss, because if this next boss doesn't pay you for that hour that you're working for them, then you're not going to make money. So I realized that I started thinking, how can I create more passive income? Well, for me, I created Master Passive Income. It's my brand, my podcast and YouTube channel and books and all that sort of stuff, because I realized for me, I thought, oh my goodness, I buy one piece of rental property and it makes me money $250 or more in passive income, I thought I got to duplicate that over and over again. That's how we scaled to quit my job. Now, I'll quickly pause the idea of more passive income by saying a lot of people talk about streams of income. Those are fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I have lots, like literally lots of streams of income. It's, It's a blessing to have all those. But I needed, and I suggest everybody to focus on a river of income. And my river of income was from my real estate. Like I said, I, when I quit, I had 30 plus properties making me a minimum of $250. I started investing back in 2006, bought property after property. Now, most of those are doubled how much I make in passive income, somewhere seven, $800 a month. And so that's my river. Now, once I was able to quit my job, then I realized I need more passive income businesses. Now, creating master passive income, it's a way, like I have a book, that's sell, I make money. If I have a podcast, any advertising, it makes money. YouTube, same thing. So I started thinking, how can I work one time and get paid over and over again? And at the same time, I realized, my goodness, I could also hire other really good people to do the work, but here's the catch or the key. I need to make sure that they are working in the business and not me. So thinking about the river of income, 
that afforded me to have 40 plus more hours a week of my life to start focusing on more passive income. And from there, I created Master Passive Income, other com- companies that are making me money. And just recently, and this is to give you an idea of how you can make a business where you're not working in the business, but you're working on the business. I literally just this last weekend finished up a conference. So I have lots of students that I teach at West in real estate. I have lots of friends that I met on their podcast, YouTube channel, like all these like 30 people that are influencers that are experts. And I said, Hey, let's get everybody together and let's create a conference. So I created a conference. It's called the real estate wealth builders conference. And I realized, remember all about passive income. How can I make this a passive income type business? So what I decided to do, obviously it took a lot of work on my end to build the business, but I hired and I got other people to do the business. So I'll fast forward or like round it out by sharing this conference. I literally just finished up the abbreviations RubeCon. So if I say RubeCon, that's what it means. So real estate wealth builders conference. It's here in Phoenix. Literally everybody came here. We had 200 plus um, attendees, 30 speakers, 15 sponsors. It was phenomenal. But what was even better was that I hired people and my event manager, event uh, coordinator, I told her, I, I asked her first, is there anything that I'm doing right now in like, this is like three, three or four weeks. Is there anything I'm doing right now before the conference that I need to stop doing so you can do it? So I don't have anything on my plate at the conference. And she's, we started hashing that out. She took a lot of things off my plate. And at the same time, I said during the conference and she confirmed and reiterated, this is what she wanted. During the conference, I do not want any responsibilities. My job at the conference, the only one responsibility, if I have any, is to speak and to hang out with the attendees, showing them a great time. So fast forward to now, how it turned out, I had, I want to say six or seven volunteers, two employees that were running the business. I literally just walked around and had fun talking to lots of people, but it was the perspective, the shift of my mindset where I said, how can I help? other people to work, give them great jobs so that they really want to do, but then at the same time, making passive income in my businesses. So I don't have to actually work for an hour to get paid for that hour. Does that all make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It does. And in our company, we call it protecting the visionary whenever we have events where, you know, it's almost like the team's job to ultimately shield me from the things that could suck my energy or time where taking me out of that zone of genius and really minimizing profit when you look at it from an hour's perspective. So I'm totally in alignment with what you say. And I think that's a leadership mindset, which I'd love to get into a little bit more just from this passive income conversation. What qualities do you feel like or characteristics could help entrepreneurs start to develop the leadership mindset necessary to really master bringing this into their world? Because I know some of them are already thinking about how it's not going to work for them, how they don't have the time or capacity. Um, maybe they don't have the skill yet. Maybe they're like, well, real, I'm not really into real estate, although there are plenty of other options. You know, the, the limiting beliefs start coming in, but I'd love to, like, we try to do everything through a leadership lens. What are some of those qualities that you had to develop and start to build on in order to be who you needed to be to step into this? Yeah, I think the biggest one for all entrepreneurs, we're all like entrepreneurs, we're all cut from the same cloth. Like we we're doers. We want to make sure we get things done and we're going to make sure they get done. One thing that I've seen for just about all of us entrepreneurs is that it's not that we're control freaks, but we want to make sure things get done a certain way. Now that might be the, the best way, 
But there are other ways to do things. I had to really learn that even though I have a particular way that I want it done, that's not necessarily the right way. And then when I empower somebody, this is the biggest thing. It's not being a control freak and then empowering the people that you put over whatever task or whatever job that you have them working underneath you. Because what we can do is we can get caught up as an entrepreneur. Even though we hire people, we still do everything. We still oversee like literally every nook and cranny of every single thing in our business. But I'll give you an example. So when I invest in rental properties, people ask me, well, how do you like, because I invest all over the country. Uh, When I first got started, I lived in California. So I invest in Ohio, Texas, and Arizona. I started back in 2008. And a lot of people, as I'm teaching them how to invest in real estate, they said, well, how do you afford a property manager? I said, well, what do you mean? How do I afford it? They said, yeah, like I just, I can't afford it. And I said, well, I don't have to get a job to get a property manager. I make sure that expense is in my business before I even start the business, before I buy that one property. So I'll give you a, a big example. I don't pay my taxes on all my properties. I don't pay my insurance. I don't pay my property manager. I don't pay for my mortgage. I don't pay for any of that stuff. My tenants pay for all that. Just like in a business that you create, you need to make sure you account for every single expense, especially where you're having other people do the work in the business. So my property managers, like I don't have to get a job to pay for my property manager. I literally have that baked in as an expense. So everything above that is passive income. Now, what we do though, is once we hire that property manager, that event coordinator, that uh, company manager, whoever it might be, that's running the business, you really need to empower them. And at the same time, trust that they're going to do the work. And if they don't do it to your satisfaction, you correct them and you help them to get better. Now, my perspective, I hire slow, but I I fire fast. So I hire slow. I find the right people that's going to fit everything about my business, my personality. They're going to fit what what I'm hiring for. But if now, if they mess up one time, I give them grace. I'm like, I give them leniency. Okay, that's a mistake. You need to learn. But if they do it two or three times, it's like, hey, it might be time for we find you a new position or we you know, move on. This might not be the best fit. So we need to empower the people and trust that they're going to be doing the work that we need to them and then let them do it. That's the biggest thing I needed to do, well, especially for this conference that I just put on. Like I have everything in my mind of exactly how it should go, but I needed to relinquish that because I need to let somebody else run it so I can concentrate on what was the most important thing for me to be doing at that time during the conference. And what that was, was speaking three times, as well as making sure everybody, all the attendees and especially the sponsors and the speakers literally had the best time possible. And that was the best use of my time. And because I gave everything over to other people and trusted them and empowered them to do it, it worked out terrifically. I feel like there are always so many parallels between doing entrepreneurship right and leadership um, and parenthood. Do you feel like those are ways that you're, you know, similar values that you're bringing to your kids? Absolutely. So I teach my kids to, especially my boys, I want them to know that we're leaders. And I'll give you a quick example. So we homeschool. Uh, That's not the example, but I'll give you a quick example. But just give me a little background. We homeschool. And well, let me take that back. My wife homeschools. She has the hard job of homeschooling kids. I have the easy job of making money. And so she does the homeschooling, but we're always teaching them life lessons. My kids were literally with me at RubeCon at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. They were working. My, my oldest daughter's 13. She was working behind the registration desk, checking everybody in, getting, you know, if they wanted to buy a book or whatever. My kids were running around making sure things were all set up, the displays. 
And so I'm, I'm, I'm literally bringing them along with me as I do business. So number one, they're learning just by being around it and seeing everything. But number two, I'm literally teaching them all the time. They go back to the, quickly the example. So my son was we, acting weird, like for like a, a minute or two. I looked at him. I said, what are you doing? And his brother, my other son said, oh, he's acting like this person, like his friend. And he's his shadow. And I looked at him. I said, hey, Elias, Elias is his name. Elias, you're a Heiner. We're nobody's shadow. We're leaders. We need to lead. And he's like, hmm. And he just constantly, he didn't really realize that. And he's like, yeah, thank you, dad. And so helping him to understand not just how to do business, but even just the way we think, how we try to make sure that we're changing our mindset. I'm even helping my employees. Like I'm literally teaching them how to invest in real estate as well. I, and so I'll, I'll quickly say, so I round out that by sharing, I had three goals. Number one, I had a goal to quit my job by the time I was 37, 27 years old. I gave myself a deadline, 10 years. I'm going to quit my job if I have the means to or not. Praise the Lord. I was able to 37. I quit my job. Now the next goal, about a year and a half, I was flying around, didn't have a goal because I didn't really care. But then I realized I need a goal. So then I created a goal, which is to basically make a million dollars from all of my businesses in one year. I want to make one year every year making a profit. And I said, okay, that's a quantitative goal. It's not that the money, it just, it's just, it's something I could hit and know when I hit it. After about a year and a half, I kid you not, Elizabeth, I got so bored. It was not a driver for me. I just, I hated it. I literally couldn't even care less about the, the goal. But now I have a new goal and I'm so pumped about this. My new goal is now to help a million people to invest in real estate. And the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference, it, same thing with passive income and teaching people and serving people. I find the more people that I serve, the better my life gets and the better other people's life gets. And so that's why I'm saying like, even my employees, I'm literally teaching them how to invest in real estate. And so as I think of how I can share this with everybody, 100%, my kids are literally coming alongside with me. And so I'm thinking about any properties I can buy now or I'm buying for them. Any coaching that I literally do, I'm literally coaching them as well. Any, let's say, uh, gold or silver that I might buy or anything that I can literally pass down that's always in my mindset of how I can pass it down to other people, my kids, my employees, and everybody that I meet. Mm, I love that because it's such a, a value in our company of just being a leader of leaders and really breathing life into the parts of people that maybe they can't see in themselves yet, but their lives would be forever changed if someone else witnessed it and developed Let it me add, and cultivate it. I appreciate it. Let me quit. You just said something that just struck uh, something in my brain. So I met this lady at a conference in 2019, I think it was 2019, super sweet lady. She wants to invest in real estate. She wanted to help. She said, and she wanted to come to me or she came to me and said, anything you do in your, in your business, I want to help. She just wanted to help and just be a part of it. And fast forward the story. Now, after seeing her grow and encouraging her, now she was the host at my conference because I saw in her, just from the, literally from the very first meeting I saw in her, I said, you know what? I didn't tell her this, but I was like, man, she is fantastic. I think she would be fantastic at something. I want to get her in my business because I see that in her. And then I reached out to her, obviously a couple of years of talking to her, encouraging her. She was on my podcast, all that sort of stuff with her investing. I came to her and I said, I think you would be fantastic at hosting the Real Estate Wealth Village Conference. She was like, number one, completely scared and terrified because she said, I've never done that before. I don't know how to do it. And at the same time, excited, like, wow, this could be a good potential possibility for me. And I said, I know you can do it. I know that you have this in you. Fast forward to now, 
she rocked it. She did a fantastic job. And this is now since then, like literally like four or five days later, it's now opened lots of doors for her in the future in her businesses. I'm like, as I build up and grow leaders, my life gets better and other people's lives get better. I'm so much more excited that she is growing than me and just having a conference. I'm like, man, this is so awesome. Look at, see you change. It's just, it's a blessing to have that, that opportunity to be there alongside with other people. Yeah. And it's just so purposeful. You know, you just, it goes from being this transaction, being in this transactional world of making money. And like you said, like that goal you set, it just, it didn't speak to you, but when you shift to something that's loaded with purpose and possibility, and then you bring other people along for the ride, the money just so happens to follow that, but you also have so much joy in that process. So for people that are, you know, kind of like perking up and thinking, all right, where do I start if I want to explore the possibility of passive income streams? I want to learn more from you. Where can people come find you and learn a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. So I do have a real estate investing course. I just love to give away for free. Like I said, my goal is to get a million people to invest in real estate. This will show you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to buy the right property, how to build the business so you don't lose money, how you make money. If you text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally get that to you for free. I just want to get you to help, get it, get to help you in seeing your life change. You can also go to master passiveincome.com forward slash free course. All one word, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. I'll give it to you a little for free. You can get started. I've had plenty of people get started just by getting that course. But then at the same time, I have the Master Passive Income podcast that I literally just teach. It's, I rarely do interviews. It's me just teaching about real estate. I also have the YouTube channel. But at the same time, I have another thing. I realized that I was teaching about rental properties and real estate investing. I love that, but not everybody does. So I started a whole brand new podcast and probably Elizabeth, I'll probably have to get you on the show. It's called Successfully Unemployed. And it's literally a passion project of mine. I love, instead of like the term of like being retired or anything like that, I'm successfully unemployed. I found a way to make money for my family and myself without working that J-O-B. And so this podcast, I literally bring on great people like you, Elizabeth, and interview all the different ways that people have found to be able to quit their job or be able to provide their, for, their, for their family. We have a hundred interviews. I was like, I have no idea. I, I had no idea that there were so many ways to make money. But when I start talking to people and interviewing them, it comes out that, and here's Eric, I'll finish out by saying, saying, I interviewed a friend of mine. She writes children's books, children's books, publishes them, make, makes money. A lady listened to my podcast and she listened to that episode. She had no idea what she wanted to do. She listened to the episode and she realized Oh my goodness. And she actually re- reiterated this to, uh, to my uh, friend who does the books. She didn't know that she wanted to do books. She didn't know that she could. And then she hired my friend to coach her in this. And now she's writing books for herself because she had no idea that it was out there. So that's why I have successfully unemployed. So everybody, you definitely got to check out that podcast, that YouTube channel, because it just opens your mind of what other passive income or what other ways you can make money rather than working for somebody else in a J-O-B. Yeah, there are just countless options. I'm with you on that. Thank you so much for coming on today. I loved this conversation. I love the angle that we took, just hearing it from a dad of four. It's such a beautiful thing, how you're thinking ahead for that, uh, the legacy piece. And really, a lot of our legacy starts with what we're doing now. So it's, it's really cool to hear how you've done it and to open the door for other people to do it too. And I love that goal that you have for those million people to start taking that leap themselves. So thank you for being with us today. And I appreciate you. And I'll link to everything that you mentioned in the show notes. 
Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Sorry, I said that wrong. I, my daughter's Elizabeth. I don't know why I started that, but thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on the show. My pleasure. It is a mouthful in your defense. <laughs> I hope today's episode gave you exactly what you needed. And if it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next juicy episode. And don't be shy. I don't bite often. So come connect with me over on Instagram at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question, a guest you want to hear on the show or an idea you have for us, just reach out and share your thoughts. We do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve. Thank you for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. So tune in next time to keep building that legacy and doing the work that really matters.